Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud, and joining me here as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. We're both wearing black and white today. It's Luke Bly, Master Blywalker. How you doing, mate? Do you think that means something? Do you think, like, you're dark side and I'm light side? The, the light this week? side. Uh, dark. I've also oh. got a pizza on my T-shirt. Oh, mate. Have you? No, I've got, got Mark Hamill wearing a Star Wars Sessions T-shirt <laughs> on my... I thought you were going to say you've got, like, your breakfast on your T-shirt or something. You spilled this, it. <laughs> this was... Well, yeah, that too. But this was a this was a Patreon a t- exclusive yes. T-shirt, wasn't it? Like, a few last year, I think. So, uh, yeah, I was like, yes, oh, let me, let me nab one of them bad boys. Um, oi, oi, sabaloi. Um, man, I am so excited to chat this week's main discussion um i think it's it's one of those discussions that's like inevitable like yes. we were ba- we were like leading into this discussion this this it, it was a long time coming you know in fact we did plan on doing this last week didn't we but then andor dropped a trailer <laughs> we were like no oh, diego came out and said, oh, here's a trailer lads yeah we were gonna do this one last week but we thought nah We'll, uh, we'll cover the Andor trailer. It was a great episode. I'm sure you'll all agree. Uh, start that hype train going. But we wanted to. We, we didn't want to miss out on talking about this week's main episode. So if you haven't seen what it is in the uh, subject of the episode, we're still going to make you wait because I'm going to ask you, my friend, to, to remind everyone what's happening at the end of this month oh. in London. Oh, what else is happening? Yet yeah, 27th of August, Saturday. Come end well, no, no, don't come because if you've not got your ticket, if you've got a ticket, come end your summer. (laughs) (laughs) If you've got your ticket, come and end your summer at the Super Star Wars Night at the Genesis Cinema, being hosted by us. Um, It's going to be great cinema. We're, We're watching Empire Strikes Back, and we are there's a bar, there's snacks. Live Stick. podcast slash quiz. It's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great. Um, yeah, it's sold out though, which I'm very proud of. I'm very, yes. very proud of. And there have been a few people like, Oh, look, my mate wants to come. Can you fix him another ticket? And we're like, look, okay, let's see. And we've, we've had a little re reevaluation, but those tickets are now gone as well. So we've almost done like our second wave of tickets, which was again, yes. only like a handful. Um, yeah, mad, mate. Absolutely mad. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm very proud, too, that uh, we've managed to sell it out. So thank you to everyone who's managed to grab a ticket. And for those who are bringing their friends or family along, cannot wait to meet you. And we're sure you're going to have a great time. Look, you get to meet Luke Bly. 
I mean, come on. You end the summer on a high with the Bly guy. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. But no, yeah, I generally can't wait. It's going to be fun to do a show in front of um, an audience, you know, a very decent sized audience as well. So that's going to be fun talking Star Wars, getting everyone involved a little bit as well. I'll get my dad up singing as well. He doesn't know that yet, but if he listens, you do now. Is he coming? But, uh, is he? Is, 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 yes. No. Papa will be there. Yeah, Papa, Papa Huddle, Huddle. He was he wasn't going to miss out on a super Star Wars night. A Star Wars night maybe he'd miss out on, but not a super one, my friend. And this one is going to be so. I can't wait, if, dude. I, I reckon everyone should buy him a drink. <laughs> Papa Hud. Yeah. I've the, seen him. Well, Jabba the Hud's whiskeys. actual dad. This is this he, is Jabba the Hud's actual dad. This is uh, he is my father. I said that in celebration in 2016 to Darth Vader and nobody laughed. I was like, oh, oops. I think I've said that story before. I asked if he could have a picture of my dad. I was like, he is my father. No one laughed. We got the picture and then we moved on with our day. And that was <laughs> it. Memories and of celebration. And yet, and yet <laughs> I was going to say, and yet you remember that. You yep. remember that that's such a core it. memory of that weekend. <laughs> you did a joke and no one laughing. Oh, uh, yeah, well, like classic Jabba, but it'll be great fun though, won't it, mate? It's going to be a laugh. That's going to be great, mate. It is going to be fantastic. Uh, but like we said, it's a busy, busy week in the Star Wars universe, and it's a busy week here at Sessions. I can't wait to get stuck into the main topic. Uh, but I think there's a ringing in my ear, and not just because I got my really? ears suctioned the other day, which oh, nice. I did. Nice, nice clean lugs that man's got. Well, you're not wrong. Your clean ears have heard the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi in the background, which you and I know only means one thing. Uh, must be made by it's a galactic news round. When asked by Screen Rant about the possibility of playing Cal Kestis in live action, Cameron Monaghan could only say, well, of course, there's interest. That's about all I can say. And during their first quarter financial briefing, EA hinted that Jedi Survivor may be launching after March 2023, slightly later than rumoured. Hi, this is Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Right, we've teased you, we've tantalised you, we've had you on tender hooks from the beginning of the show. What are we talking about this week? The volume. What's the noise around the volume? We're going to add some more to it. It's actually probably quite good timing now that we are post and or trailer given the commentary around that being wow how good does the Andor trailer look and then it coming out that there was no stagecraft slash volume used on Andor, which is something we reported on uh way back i think it was last year it all seems to blend into one now but it's a long time ago but we wanted to talk about the volume because it was obviously introduced for the mandalorian it to rave reviews but since then it seems like the perception has changed on the volume hasn't soured mm. people aren't well not everyone is suddenly saying oh this is awful but there seems to be a little shift maybe it's the magic wearing off i don't know but we wanted to have a look at the volume uh talk about it some of that discourse what we like about it pros and cons and all that good stuff so i mean i think the first thing to ask lukey boy is the volume in the mandalorian season one when we first saw it our first introduction to this 
Mm. What did you think about it when you first saw it and how do you think it's kind of evolved top level? I think that overall, top level, this is Star Wars and Lucasfilm um, revolutionise it. Yeah, in a revolutionary way. Yep. Like changing Hollywood and TV and films again. Yeah. Star Wars has done it again. Um, And that feels really good. I think that feels really, really, really good. I think in season one of The Mandalorian in particular, or or The Mandalorian show in general, actually, um, there are are small moments where you can tell it's volumey. I'll say that. But generally speaking, mate, it's it's very well used. It is very, very, very well used, I'd say. Um, I think a big chunk of this, right, and let's start off the top by saying this, is that Jon Favreau's there. You know, Jon Favreau has helped pioneer this technology. He's, he's used to this technology. He's very aware of it um, because of projects like Jungle Book, right? That it, which kind of used technology was that was almost like the predecessor to the volume. And so I think John has like a, a, a solid understanding of how technology like this should work and can work, you know, the potential of this tech. Um, whereas I feel like as time goes on, that's starting to change a wee bit. It's starting mm-hmm. to change a wee bit. And maybe there's even uh, an over-reliance on it now. I, I think now's, now's actually the perfect time to talk about this because we've got Andor coming out soon, next month, right? And that doesn't use... I, I think uh, Tony Gilroy tweeted or said in an interview, we're old school, we've not used any stagecraft <laughs> technology. Gilroy doesn't care, does he? He doesn't care what he, he says. Care. He don't care, man. I kind of like him, though. I kind of like him. Yeah, He's like way him. more uh, like front and centre this time round as opposed to uh, Rogue One, right? He's way more front and centre. Yeah, Rogue but. One, he was kind of brought in through the back door to, you know, yeah. again, this is all conjecture or whatever, but it's fairly well known. Brought in through the back door. Listen, mate, punch this up, polish this up, rewrite, retool. We've got to make a film out of this. <laughs> Reshoot. He was the de facto director by the end of it, but um, obviously Gareth yeah. is the the big boy behind it. Hence, why they brought him in for Andor, because we know that Tony isn't a nas- massive fan of Star Wars, but he is a massive fan of making very good productions, which is, as far as I'm concerned, probably better criteria than oh look, I've got all the toys from Kenner in the seventies. Who cares? It doesn't mean you can make a good show. But our Ooh, boy, uh, boy, Gilroy. No, <laughs> man, Gil- Gilroy gets it. I mean, I'd rather... It's his story, mate. It, it's story first. And that was yeah. some of the times when Star Wars in recent years has felt a bit fine, shall I say, is when it starts to feel more like, you know, the kids playing with their toys back in the old days rather than, let's let's have a good story and then we'll fit everything else in. Sometimes it could feel like it's lost its way a bit. But the volume, though, mate, you could probably actually attribute that to the volume as well. Possibly. In Mando season one, as you mentioned, it looked unbelievably good. And I do believe that there's a few shots in Navarro towards the end where I noticed it more. But a lot of the time, I wasn't really paying attention to the volume because I was, here we go, I was in with the story and the characters. The background was just that. It was the background. You give give me a good story, you know, visual effects and all that aren't really as important. Yeah, if they're bad, they stand out. But 
the story and yeah. the emotion that came from for season one, you know, that, that saw me through. Uh, season two, I still think season two looked very good. Book of Boba Fett, this is when for a lot of people it started to slip and Kenobi, we've mentioned that yes. a lot. And that and that's just the Lucasfilm projects. So Moon Knight and things Miss Marvel have had even bigger budgets than the Star Wars shows. Moon Knight had like $165 million budget and that looks terrible at points. It didn't, and, that's, and, and I really liked Moon Knight, but it, it, there seems to be, like you say, that over-reliance on it. It, it, it. A lot of it comes down to how things are composited in frame, for example, the lighting. It's really good at reflecting things, like on Mando's armour, the best guy. Mm. Wow, it's mm. reflective. You can see where he is. But, it, you know, it, the LEDs, they don't give off enough natural light, you know, to be you know, as directional as they should be, which is my problem with the volume is if it's not lit correctly, it clangs badly. But right. saying that, you mentioned that Lucasfilm are pioneering this, and I and I want to preface uh, or end that by saying I think the volume is a superb tool. And it's just won an award, mate. The, on the 29th of July, 2022, the Television Academy announced that the recipients of the Engineering, Science and Technology Emmy Award included ILM. ILM Stagecraft was recognised as one of the winners for the latest advancements that enable real-time LED lighting and in-camera visual effects. So not only do we know it's a great bit of tech, but it's being awarded by the higher echelons in the award circuits, mate, which, you know, whatever whatever anybody thinks, that's never going to be a bad thing, surely. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is also poetic with like um light and magic coming out as well on yes. disney plus good you know point. which is which is fantastic really really good fun if you've not seen that um yeah it's it's one of those where you you've got this powerful immensely powerful tool and solid concept um but a tool you you can't always be like over reliant on a tool right you have a tool kit Okay. And in a toolkit, you find what's best for a certain job. Okay. You go, right. Well, I need to do this. So I'll get the, I'll get a screwdriver for this. And for this job, I need a spanner. And for this job, I need like a drill, whatever, so on and so forth. You get the idea. Yeah. And I feel like the volume needs to be used more like a tool, you know, where, mm-hmm. where, where they can shoot on location. Now, where that's not possible, where that's not plausible. Um, yeah, sure. Use the volume. I think where you struggle the most with the volume, and I think this this happened with Boba Fett, and I do think the absence of someone like John Favreau plays into this. Mm-hmm. I do think that. Um, I think in like desert environments, it looks different. You know, desert environments in Kenobi and Boba look different to Mando. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, it, it, it it's it's become noticeable, right? And and the frustrating thing with that is that you know they're in California, mate. Now in California <laughs> itself, it's yeah, like there's those sand around for them right, to go and play. I've, I've been there. I've done yeah. that. I've done the road trip from LA to Vegas. I know there's a lot of desert in between those two mm-hmm. places, <laughs> and you know. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be that hard to scout a location and do that, and that's what old Robert Rodriguez did Bobby for Rod, yeah. for season two of The Mandalorian with Boba's episode. 
I forget the name of that. What's what's that one called? The tragedy. Yeah, tragedy. Yeah, so tragedy. Yeah, that was shot on location, wasn't it? And I think a yes, few of our was. guys um, went out there on a tour or something, like with the five hundred first, something like that. I think old Mister Greasback did that. I think Eve did. I imagine that. Eve's probably been there. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. He loves it. So, you know, and I, th- I think actually mixing in a few more um, real world environments, as long as you've got the right director, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like that that's a really good thing. I think that's a really, really good thing. I like that direction it was taken. And I hope it continues with that. Now, it's, it's probably worth noting this as well. Um, with... Boba Fett in particular, but also Kenobi, also Kenobi. Um, they were making this thing while well, there were still COVID restrictions course, yeah. and and limitations, e- even mm-hmm. if things were opening up and easing off in the industry, that might not have been the case, right? I mean, that's still the case now. Yes, there's um, still protocols in every set, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like there would have been with Andor as well. Um, and I do think, I do think in, in, in some ways that would have affected the overall production of something like Boba Fett or Kenobi, you know, whether it's post-production, whether it's, cause a lot of it, you've got to do there and then, right. And if the guy you need, who's good at lighting, yeah, needs to be mm-hmm. in to help with this day and this shit, oh mate, no, he can't come, got COVID. Yeah. Like how many people do you know, mate, who have... And maybe not as much right now, but I think that's probably again not getting too real world or political. But like, <laughs> but um, you know, like in 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 the professional environment, a lot of people have been like off work in the last like year because yeah. they're like, oh, I can't come in, got COVID, and it's like, yeah, well, that's it then, isn't it? Like, you've got to stay home for X amount of days, where depending on whatever region or country you live in, um, and that's it, mate. That's it. Like the resource, that resource is gone. You need to work without it. So, I, I think there's a f- quite a few factors at play here. Quite a few factors at play here. Would you? Yeah, reckon? I think it would be wrong to not to not. I believe that COVID has had no impact whatsoever because it clearly yeah. has. Yeah. Uh, it's impacted every everyone or every industry as well. And to think that Lucasfilm is somehow immune to that is folly. It's absolutely wrong. Uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward, like when we because we know I know that the acolyte is using the volume. It's interesting that when we're a little bit there, the further we get away from the kind of is pandemic it? era, it, it is yeah. So and that's over in Reddit now. That's over in Shinfield Studios in Reading, but I think they'll be doing more. They'll be doing stuff stateside as well, I imagine. Um, but yeah, huh. the further we get away from COVID pandemic era, like when it was at its peak, be interesting to see how the quality and usage change changes. Because one of the things I've noticed about the volume is you can only have a certain amount of people on on set in front of the camera. You never really see more than a few people because of the size, and that is one of the limitations. Uh, you, um, in Kenobi, when they had more people on set with those stormtroopers lined up alongside Reva, it, it uh, that was the one shot in the whole of Kenobi where I almost put my head through the telly because that looked bad. And you guys who listen, long-time listeners, especially the <laughs> new listeners will know that we aren't negative people on this show. We'll we'll bring out things we're not keen on or we'll, we'll obviously highlight things that 
didn't work for us. But generally, we try to see the balance. But that particular shot shows the limitation of this bit of kit, which and you know, it's kind of fueled my desire to talk about about this. But you mentioned the directors having a huge role in this. The director of photography or the cinematographer, they shoulder so much of the burden. And in The Mandalorian, they had a really solid set, certainly for the first season and the second as well. They had Greg Fraser, uh, DOP in some, certainly the first episode, the third and seventh. He just won the Academy Award for Dune for cinematography. He was the Rogue One cinematographer. Wow. And he was one of, he was the guy actually originally who wow. mooted the idea of the volume in like a kind of write it down on a post-it note and pass it along kind of way. He kind of said, wouldn't it be great if we hadn't an immersive unit that we could shoot in to get some of these shots rather than utilizing the green and blue screen. And from there it was pushed on. So Greg Fraser was one of the kind of architects of the volume and he used it for Mando. It looked great, but they also had Baz, Baz Idoin and Matty Jensen and David Klein. Great cinematographers boba had dean cundy who's a legend and they also had paul hewan and kenobi had chung hoon chung throughout the whole thing each individually very good cinematographers but they uh shoulder a lot of the burden of how this thing looks as they would do in in, on a real life location of course so there's that side of it as well so it isn't so it's not just a technology but it's like you said earlier on it's how you use that technology it's, it's all well and good sticking people in front of it, putting up a camera and saying roll a- roll an action. Yeah. But if you're not and- if you're not framing this correctly or getting the correct shots or whatever, it's not gonna look great. And that's not to say that any of those superb cinematographers can't do their job. Don't even try quote no. me on that. It's just it's it's a new tech and people are getting used to it and it's a new way of working and I think we will get there but without that kind of steadying hand of someone like a Favreau who has pioneered this it's quick to it's easy to see where it quickly can go a little bit awry yes yeah spot on man spot on and i think just because you've got a good portfolio just because you've got a good cv or resume like it it doesn't necessarily mean you're right for the job yeah and i'm not i'm not like at anyone here i'm not saying oh yeah these people are rubbish or whatever like it just mm. it doesn't always mean that like and in this in this instance you've got a brand new technology you've got something that we've never used before in television it's 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 a powerful tool and if you don't get it exactly right then then it it the audience can tell. The audience yes. can tell. And John Favreau can't be there for every single project at the volume they're pumping this stuff out, you know? And that is the issue here, Matty Boy, as well, is that the volume, I feel, does it 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 it, it makes it easier to create a television show. You know, it makes it easier to say, Yeah, all right, we'll we'll slap out a season in a few months. Yep. And that's it. Right. Don't need to do much post. Don't need to do much this. Blah, 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 blah. Done. And I feel like, especially with like the episode lengths that they roll with in Star Wars and, 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 and the amount of episodes <laughs> that we get sometimes. Boba Fett was seven episodes. Kenobi was six, you know? Um, so they're not long seasons here. They're very much sh- short seasons. They're like the old BBC seasons, isn't they? The mini you know, seasons. Kind of, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that we've 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 kind of gone we've we've moved away from the old American like twenty four episodes in a season. Yeah. That, no, no, yeah, that suits I more agree. a sitcom, I suppose. But I don't think that's good for you know quality. But um, 
at the moment, I, I, you know, there is that temptation, I think, and actually they are doing it with, with Lucasfilm, understandably, and Disney, understandably, are like, right, we've got this tech, let's slap out this show. You know, it feels a wee bit like that. And I think I've said it before, that is very much a business and economic response, response to co- the pandemic, to COVID. Yeah, they've gone, yeah. right, cinema's shutting down. How how are we going to 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 please our investors? How are we going to make Disney stock attractive? Well, we're still going to be being busy, guys. We've ordered ten Marvel shows. We've ordered ten Star Wars shows. So uh, you know, no, stick around, keep your stock with us. That's exactly what's going on here. I think though, the market is changing. I think the market is changing, and the volume plays into all of this, guys. Right, the volume plays yep. into all of this, but I do think the market's changing. Netflix is in a lot of trouble as a streaming service. You could say that again. Nervous. Uh, Netflix are nervous. Netflix are <laughs> in a lot of trouble. They're not being run well at all. Um, nope. And they are throwing money at their problems. And uh, I think the other quarter they lost a million subscribers i think they were expecting two million so they they, they almost played that out as a little victory but still a million subscribers is is is, is, is subscribers. a lot of people feel like right now right now like that's it mate if netflix they've reached that ceiling you know and and disney plus you know will disney plus is up there i think in in a lot of territories is up there as the second or third largest streaming service it's done very very yeah. well but disney will be looking at that and going huh we're chasing netflix and netflix are now in trouble netflix have kind of reached their ceiling at the moment and i think again you could probably look at netflix programming for for more specifics on that yes but i know how investors work i know how economics works to to a certain degree and i know they're going to be looking at it and going right that's a limited market now that's it they've set the standard they've set the ceiling they've set the bar and we can't beat that because there's no proof that we can which is a crazy way to think but that is how business works a lot of the time but and there is probably some 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 truth in it anyway, but um, I don't know, mate. I think did you see like Warner Brothers the other day? Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah, did you man. see their announcement about a lot of their yeah. content? By the time this episode drops, in the world will know an awful lot more. But mm. whatever is happening over there, I mean, I've always I've never. I mean, I, hey, look, I have a good relationship with Warner Brothers from a, a film side and things like that. So I'll always be careful what I say, but. <laughs> what how they how the how the head honchos at the top are running that company uh, alongside discovery now is abysmal i don't know what they're thinking about over there and hbo max we don't have it in the uk but it's one i was very much looking forward to getting doesn't look like we're going to now and they were a real threat as well to to netflix because you've got obviously netflix and prime netflix is the og then along comes prime video and you suddenly you've got things like disney plus hbo max peacock paramount plus all these all these pretenders to the throne and disney and hbo were kind of running away as the competitors but i agree now that now that the big daddy is pulling a blockbuster and potentially folding if it if they carry on as they are then you you know people the people at the top are going to look at that and think well is this sustainable if netflix can't continue the, uh, their business model given how successful they've been for so long you know maybe that's mismanagement on their behalf Maybe there's lessons to be learned mm-hmm. from that. However, we do mm-hmm. know sometimes shareholders and and the people at the top c- 
can be quite uh, knee-jerk, i.e. HBO, Warner, Discovery, with their reactions. So it's going to be interesting, and they haven't... They, they've really... They're really milking the volume recently. You mentioned sitcoms earlier on. T- D- Disney Plus are using the volume for two sitcoms entirely. Uh, Our Flag Meets, Means Death, which is a Taika Waititi sitcom, and How I Met Your Father, you know, the How I Met Your Mother spin-off. They're shooting that on the volume. All they, all they need is a, a, a front room. They just need, like, like like How Friends Was Shot and How I Met Your Mother, just get an apartment and shoot in there. But no, they, they've, they've spent a lot of money to digitally recreate this background and... It looks bad. That seems ludicrous. It genuinely does. It? But both of those shows have a 10-episode run, uh, a running slot. They don't have 24. They don't have 20. They only have 10 episodes of those sitcoms. And it's it's odd because the volume can actually reduce the VFX costs and because you're doing it in camera. You can do it pr- uh, beforehand. You can pre and do it post as well. So it, like you said, it can make shooting an awful lot quicker. So you can pump out this uh, this content quicker. But... If it's cheaper, why why less episodes? There's a kind of uh, idea there, especially when it comes to a sitcom, when you are just sitting on a couch for the most of it. Uh, but it's also being used in films. I want to also just flip that discussion about how it was used in something like The Batman. So right. many people had no idea, no idea. Yeah. And I repeat, had no idea the volume was used in Batman quite fairly prominently. Greg Fraser was on that as well. Um and nobody noticed because it was done so well because they did it took the time in well. post to re- really composite it properly. Uh, a film called The Midnight Sky, ironically enough, on Netflix, a George Clooney <laughs> film a couple of years ago, won Best Visual Effects volume. That was on the volume, won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects. That was also, you know, mixed in with the other effects in, but I quite enjoyed that film. Nobody else seemed to. But So when it's used properly, people don't notice. And that's the, that's what we've always said about CGI and VFX. The best CGI is when you when you say, Oh, I didn't even know that was an effect. People, most people don't, don't realise it because it, it can be used properly. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's episode of The uh, Mandalorian Book of Boba dude. Fett. How good did that look when you've got somebody chalk who's been cheese, there done man. it? Yeah, exactly. chalk and it cheese. unbelievable. So it does come down to how it's utilised. I mean, the volume is a cracking bit of technology. The volume is going to be the future, augmented with on-location shots. But it's like with anything, mate, it's how it is used. It's how it's having the right people on set with the know-how to to deliver this quality. I find it very, very interesting that uh, to see what's going to happen in the future, like we say, with the Acolyte. But given what's happening with the other streaming series, will the reliance on the volume, you know, die down a little bit? Because we're talking Andor earlier. There's 24 episodes of Andor. As far as we know, none a shot on the volume, which seems like a very quick leap from everything on volume to now, well, this whole 24 episode season, none of it. We've gone on location. So it's very odd how they picked that specific one to not use it at all. So it's not, oh, we'll use it. We'll we'll use it a lot for Kenobi. It's not, oh, we'll use it a bit for Andor. It's not at all. You know, what, what, why do you think that is, mate? Is it because they want to have a longer story and it could potentially cost more by using the volume? Or do you just think uh, Tony Gilroy opted <laughs> for that old school filmmaking? I think optimistically, you could look at it as, as both of those. What you've just said is that for maybe a longer form show for, for, for what they were going for, yeah, like location suited it better yeah and and especially the locations have chosen in the uk 
Um, yeah. They've shot all over the UK and or. And we're going to be seeing a lot of those locations very soon. I can't wait to see them. Really can't wait to yes. see them. And for people who are location sort of geeks like Eve or Tim, like whoever, like they'll be able to explore these places in the UK. And that's cool when you're coming to like celebration next year and whatnot. Like they've yes. got, I'm pretty sure I, I, I was talking to Bespin the other day and he was like, look, is this, is this Canary Wharf? Do you know if this corridor and the trailer is Canary Wharf? Um, and I was like, mate, I'm the, I can't tell you for definite because that's probably they shot in the Crossrail station, the yes. new the new Elizabeth uh, flying station, which is know? gorgeous. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think you could look at it like that. Honestly, honestly, if I'm being a bit of a bit of a skeptic here, I think it's because they just didn't have a volume in London. It could be. They're getting that's one, it, and in Sydney, I think, as well. That yeah. is actually going to be a, a nice caveat to your point. Also, to throw back at you, mm. when we get the volume in London, I believe at Pinewood, and there's going to be one in Sydney, Australia, as far as I know, that's the only two they're uh, building around the world as of yet. Are we going to mm-hmm. see more, uh, less kind of Andor-esque shows where it's 24 sh- uh, episodes on location? when they could just go to Pinewood and do it on, on volume, or do you think they're going to be smart and utilize on location and volume? Because they clearly have it. They, they, they know they've got a winning tool on their hand, hence why they're expanding its use, but you know, it's an over-reliance, well, man. Could it be? Well, that, it, that depends. I'd, I'd argue that that depends. You know, do you think mm-hmm. that Lucasfilm are aware of their product? Do you think they're aware that actually in a lot of places, you know, the volume doesn't quite work as well as we want it to, or maybe it's not mm-hmm. where we want it to be. Do you think that? Do you, do, do you believe that they they know? I, yeah, like the ship, I, like, I know I it's not, so. I, I know it ain't um, the volume, but the ships in Kenobi, you know, you know. Yeah, actually as VFX, but they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're on, they'll be there as well on screen as for yeah, the most part. No, sure, surely they know, they realise. They've got to know. Like, for me, it's, it's post-production for me, dude. I mentioned, I know the Batman and things that have a huge budget, but, but I mean, Kenobi only, Kenobi, Kenobi had a $90 million budget, which was the lowest of all of them, which is mental to think about. But it's post-production for me, you know, the because it's the Epic Games Unreal Engine is what powers the volume. And you've got Fuse FX, Lux Machina, and other things behind the scenes. It was upgraded for Mando Season 2. So what we're seeing now is StageCraft 2.0. But what these big productions did, they worked on post. They did, they shot it on the volume, but they didn't say, right, great, done, we've got it. They went back, they looked at it, they colour corrected it, they sorted the lighting, they sorted the compositions out, and they made it so you couldn't see. And that would have taken a lot, a lot less time than creating those on a computer. So a lot of it for me, yeah, they know what they've got, and there there are refinements to be made. But the sti- they, they, I don't see, you know, the, the, why they can't look at something and say, right, that's not quite right. Let's refine what we've got here. They're not doing that of Andor because it's not on the volume. But a lot of it for me is the post production. But it is still in refinement. You know, we've got Stagecraft two point zero. I imagine we'll get. 3.0, 3.5 and that coming out over the years. And I want that. Lucasfilm sure. never stands still today. They never stand no, still. They won't ever be happy with the volume. And it's getting, and, and I want to reiterate to everyone listening, I think the volume is a great bit of tech, but I don't think anything is immune from criticism. And I think in recent months or shows, some of the, the flaws are, are being shown. And a lot of that to me is 
the timing, like Lukey Boy said, there's been a lot of things that have impacted the output and the delivery. But at the same time, when you've got so much content to get through, your the quality control is slipping because you know they've got Disney Plus have commissioned ten Marvel, ten Lucasfilm. They've got to get them out. And as you've seen with all the VFX studios and all mm. of the uproar around that, they're also just not get, being given enough time. So that's an issue to take into consideration as well, surely. I think so, and I think I think that is a top level issue. Right, that's mm-hmm. a top-down issue. That is a Disney issue. And maybe even the way the companies are being run at the moment. Um, that's what I think. But I think, again, that's probably because of the reaction to the state of of um, of the industry. Of the industry. And Disney are like, right, well, you know, we need to concentrate on streaming. Streaming was at one point their number one priority. Now, we are seeing... And everyone's got their own opinions about it. Warner Brothers have come out, or Discovery Warner Brothers now, have come out and said, look, we're actually shifting our number one priority. It's not streaming anymore. It's it's theatrical yep. releases. Um, and it, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, mate, boy. I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing in the world. It's not I a mean, bad you- thing, but it's when you've got things which have already been completed, which is a problem like your Scoob, your Batgirl, and all these other things. But they've were been, they going to be good? Go. Were they going to be good? Even, Probably that's not, not even the point. It's the point that they've got them and they're like, we're not even going to do it. Stick them on Blu-ray or something. Just get them out there just to reward the filmmakers and that who spent seven or eight months of their life making this thing. I need to be told, nah, we'll make more money if we don't put this out. Sorry, guys. You know, at least give them the respect to put out on Blu-ray and give them their dues. But, that's, but that is, that's a testament to, yeah. I mean, even you've said yourself, like, that's a testament to the product. The product is like at that state where they would earn more money from getting a tax rebate than putting it out. That is it's a reflection on the quality it? of the product. Yeah. It's, so but, that's but, not, but the product is still there, which is, which is the argument against it. It's still there. So are you gonna, yeah, it's a write off. You can get a tax rebate, but what lesson have you learned from that? Other than you, you, it, uh, uh, it's poor, Matt, it's mismanagement of the situation. I mean, do you remember when HBO max came out and, um, mm. They just suddenly said, oh, by the way, all of next year's films were during COVID. All of next year's That's films right. are going on HBO Max. Not, That's right. All, like Dune and all that. And, they were, uh, yeah. and, and, and of course, people are like, no, they ain't. But they're going to theatres. So they've always had a problem, I think, that particular studio with, you know, how they manage their plans or just their PR team needs firing, maybe, because I do like think say, that, the theatrical that, model isn't a bad yeah. thing. I want to see more, more films in theatres uh, rather than streaming. I don't want to see the. I don't think it should it should come at the cost of streaming. But yeah, uh, top level, getting more things in cinema. That's great. Pushing your focus onto theatrical is brilliant. But uh, I think again, it's the way they've handled that situation. Probably could have been done a little bit better. But I don't. Yeah, but the, the shift towards theatrical, though, dude, I, I'm with you. That's that ain't a bad thing. I don't think we've lost much in Batgirl. I'll be honest. Like, and I think that what well, they've said is that it, be fair, but. It, no, like I don't. I just don't think like you know, in the grand scheme of things, they prop people. They people complaining now, but they would have come out and people wouldn't would probably have slated it. They've probably gone, oh yeah, rubbish. Like, oh yeah, typical Hollywood stuff. Hollywood, like the new Discovery, because there's been a change in hands, isn't there? Like Warner Brothers is now owned yes. by Discovery, right? Yeah, so the, the transition's gone that, through. Yeah. Under that one umbrella, you've now got two streaming services, Discovery and HBO Max. Discovery is way more accessible to people. It's cheaper. It's more affordable for the consumer. This is a good thing. 
for the consumer, this means they have a, one less streaming service to pay for. And HBO Max is a premium streaming service. So the likelihood is that content's going to move to a more affordable one. We're getting to the point now. There's so we many hope, flip yeah. it, flame it. Well, yeah, you hope. There's so many um, streaming services that it's getting a bit out of hand now. And that's another <laughs> reason why I think Netflix is probably struggling against your Disney pluses, against your HBO maxes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is also why Disney are keeping up their, their content because yeah. Disney say what you want about their contents, compare it to Netflix, compare it to Amazon who have just changed their interface. Looks a lot better. Looks Thank a lot cleaner. that just in time for rings of power it's still a wee bit slow but in places but it is it's it's, it's an good. improvement it's a, it, i mean anything was an improvement wasn't it really like <laughs> oh, no, yeah. amazon it, what, it, only it one of the largest so companies janky. in history and like they their their streaming like was 90s terrible disney have got the ips haven't they strange stranger things Correct. is a Stranger Things is the most impressive of a lot because it's an original IP. It's something that Netflix, uh, in conjunction with other studios, created from the ground up. Whereas Disney, of course, Lucasfilm, Marvel, they were already they're already established. But that's the thing: Disney have got the IPs. So even if they are churning out uh, stuff left, right, and centre, it's stuff that there's always going to be a market for. Whereas Netflix don't True. really have that. Uh, or Amazon, to be fair, don't really have that luxury. So that's why I'm never going to say, you know, Disney Plus is safe. It will never hit any financial uh, problems because, you know, who knows what's around the corner. But they have that stability of what they've got, plus the 20th Century Studios stuff and all of the other Hulu stuff they've got in the States as well. So they're they're in the, the best footing, I think, for content and for future growth. But, you know, I would probably say that about HBO, well, a month ago. But you can see how things change. Um, but yeah, with Disney Plus, if they're using the volume to pump out this content, which they will be for the Acolyte, Percy Jackson, the new film, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which will be on Disney Plus after six weeks or so, all on the volume. Black Adam was supposed to be on the, is, is on the volume as well, the, the Warner Brothers DC film. Really? So it's still being, yeah, it's still being used uh-huh. an awful lot, but Disney Plus, they can pump out these uh this content with these huge ips because of the volume so that is a pro for the volume if they can refine it you know they can mm. take easily take the lead in the streaming wars because of the technology they've got because of the ips they've got and the volume is being shared around favreau himself has said that this isn't a lucasfilm thing this is a this is an industry-wide revelation. We're not, we're not keeping this to ourselves. You know, DC, Warner Brothers, they've used it. Other, other no, studios have used it. once it's out of the bag, once it's out of the bag, like, you no, know. And I think that's right as well. Give it to it. Yeah. Let everyone have a go on it because it'll only get better, surely. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I, yeah, you'd hope so. You'd absolutely you hope think so. so. And I, I think a lot of it, comes down to the people involved in the said project who's using the tool a tool's only good as the person using it yeah, course, right yeah. to go back to the analogy from the start of the show you know it's um and i think we're starting to see who are better at use like you mentioned bryce dallas howard like yes <laughs> you know watching her episode in book of boba fett <laughs> was just unreal wasn't it because this <laughs> step space station in, come on the step up in quality was almost a bit shocking. It was almost a bit shocking seeing it. And you're like, wow, like the, (laughs) this just looks incredible. This looks absolutely brilliant. 
And yeah, I watched it the other, I only watched it the other day and it is, it is superb. He loves it. Is it. Absolutely <laughs> superb. Um, yeah, I, 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 now this is where I think Andor comes into it and comes into the picture. We've got a show coming out that hasn't used volume at all. Yes. Um, I think people are getting more and more excited for it. I think they like the tone of it. People are even commenting, oh, it looks great. Looks great. You know, people who might not be uh, Star Wars, super Star Wars geeks, you know, yeah. they're probably looking at this. They don't care about the volume. They don't care about all this stuff, but they know a there's a difference in, in, in quality. I think if Andor is received as well as I think it could be received, that might change a few things. I genuinely think that might change a few things and people go, oh, do you know what? That was pretty good when it's shooting on location, just going to a woods and filming this, going to Jelly's Hollow. And it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. I saw it and I did Leonardo DiCaprio meme. I pointed at the screen. Oh, oh, oh. Matty Boy's got PTSD from that place. I did. I was quivering. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah, there's... I mean, even in uh, Scottish Highlands, like the shots from, from Scotland, like they are so gorgeous. They are so yep. beautiful um, that you're sitting there and thinking, oh, my giddy aunt. Yeah, that, that just isn't, you know, you, you can't replicate that anywhere. You can't. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're in for something special, mate. I do. I do. Right yeah. now. I think I'm sitting we are. there. I'm thinking, I think we oh, are. my days. The, the, the quality of the production looks cinematic. And, and it's amazing, isn't it? Because we've only yeah. ever really had on-location stuff. And for a few years, again, COVID-related and only, we've had volume. Yeah. So when we get location stuff, we mentioned this last week, I think, but everyone's kind of going, oh, wow, how good does this look? When in reality, like Gilroy says, this is just, this is the way. This is the old. This is the old school. This is how we've always done it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I spoke to my my old man, Papa Hud, the other day about the volume and said, "Do you know what it is?" He said, oh, "Yes," but he's he never notices it. He just I just don't think he looks for it. and doesn't really care enough to look for it. He just mm. sees the location. So, do you think it's a case of we all know the ma- we know the magic of the volume? Do you think that maybe we're looking? for it a bit you know we're, we're not suspending our disbelief in watching it. and that goes for a lot of star wars fans not just you and i but do you think there's an element of that as well i think you you've you've of course there's got to be a, a, an element mm-hmm. of that there's got to be an element of that understandably because you know we know how the magic trick works so yes when we when we see slip-ups or when we see um changes in quality then yeah we're gonna we're gonna go oh yeah look there we go there's the volume there it is we can see it clear as day there uh boba fett kenobi yeah see it loads now Mm -hmm. i do think there are people as well who are visually observant and there are people who aren't visually observant (laughs) and that that that's that that applies to you know like a spectrum of things you know there are people who are really into fashion there are people who are really into cars you know and or or whatever um some people can look at things and go ah that isn't quite right and a lot of people just walk past it yeah a lot of people just Mm -hmm. don't care they're not interested and they don't care doesn't of course doesn't doesn't register in their head so there's a bit of that too yeah i'm not again saying to papa hud that you know he's he's not got that anyway (laughs) there we go there we go your glasses 
Yeah, I do think I do think um, there's there, it's it's so complex, isn't it? We're so complex as humans because there are even Star Wars fans, devout Star Wars fans, um, who are like, "What? I, I don't know what you guys are complaining about with the volume. I think it looks fine. Yeah, and that's great. That's fair that's, enough. That's fantastic. But I don't know. I th- I think there has been a noticeable drop in in quality, and yeah. this is. Like we said at the start, this is game-changing stuff. This is a game-changing tool, industry-changing, revolutionary, but it has its limits. But I think, like, well, you you said something really good, mate. Is that this isn't like the this isn't the end? You know, they're going to still keep they're going to they're going to keep refining this, this, yeah, and updating it accordingly. And so, I'm optimistic. For that, but I do think you can't lo- you can't like lose touch with shooting like on the ground because you can tell. Yeah, no. I think you can tell. And, yeah, it shouldn't be the be all and end all, should it? Mm, I don't no. think. Like you said, there's a tool in the toolbox. It shouldn't be the be all and end all. It, 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 there will be times when it needs to be. For example, if they ever go back to somewhere like Felucia or something, which is kind of got a multicolored sure. plants and foliage, you yeah, use it then, but. I can't, like you said, do we really need it when you're in the desert? Maybe, maybe, sure. you know, could we not just go and do that? I think that's kind of the main problem is picking and choosing when to use the thing. But I would, I'm, I would rather live in a world where the volume is here than without because it has revolutionized television. Like The Mandalorian, oh, yeah. certainly season one and season two as well, looked unbelievable. Well, even shot, even uh, the episode like The Jedi, the Ahsoka one, where, you know, that is, again, they're all volume heavy, but that one specifically is. It's, it looks incredible. It yeah, looks I, great. I was just how, thinking of that. I was just yeah, I thinking of that. Because of how they utilize, again, it's down to lighting as well, but they know, you know, they know the limitations at the time of the tech and they, they stretch them, but they stay within those mm. boundaries and it's story first and, you know, the re- and the rest falls into place. And I'd do rather you, have it than not, mate. But do you know what, mate? Like, do you think that the volume is reserved it's better reserved for planets or environments that are kind of outworldly. You know, they're kind of not earthly. So like you Um, mentioned Felucia, you mentioned even, even the planet with, with Ahsoka in Mando season two, the Jedi, um, you know, or Corvus, Corvus maybe. Yeah, that's it. Something like that. I think it was like, it. That, it might be a bit, a wee bit harder to recreate that practically because it would, um, you know, you're not going to go to a burnt out forest, are you? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you're not going to do that. So, to. yeah, or best not to, you know, so it, it, it's, it's different, isn't it? It's all different. Do you think it's best reserved for that kind of thing as opposed to using it? Like you said, like using it for a desert. Yeah, well, we got a desert. We got a desert a few hours ago. Why yeah, not? Yeah. Why don't we just use that? What, what do you think? Um, I, for the majority of my brain is saying yes, I think so. But it also works, for example, like in the Batman, where where oh Bruce White spoilers, Batman's Bruce Wayne when he's standing on top of his penthouse and he's looking out, uh, looking out, and he's got the orange sky looking back at him. So it's very good for um for that type of thing so many filmmakers are hamstrung by we need to get the perfect shot before the light fades or the light um good the sun comes up so there's that side of it as well so it takes that away but in terms of recreating like full-on locations i think it should where possible be kind of 
pushed more towards the not even the exotic because that one in the jedi episode it's not exactly exotic but the otherworldly kind of uh locations and if you're in the desert you can make there are ways you can make it feel star warsy they've been doing that since 1977 so i think they should yeah. do because all like all or is the the interior of a ship maybe like a cockpit fine but some some things that if you can't recreate it then yeah use the volume but i think sometimes for the speed of getting your product out i think the volume has been lent on a little too heavily when it didn't really need to be you know when it didn't need to be we could have got a shot of you and mcgregor in the desert looking down at leia on a on a truck like you saw in episode three i think of kenobi you know we, we could have got that but no we had the volume in the background and some really odd lighting and it's stuff like that where it the scene was beautiful still but you can't help but notice the the kind of the fallacies of the technology when it isn't used correctly yeah. or it's used in a way in a in a way that's rushed you know yeah they didn't have sure. the budget then he had not only had 90 million dollars sure. but star wars man you're watching you're watching the ilm documentary i'm going to start watching that and we had roger christian on the show star wars mm. has always been about making the most with what you haven't got necessarily what then what, what you have got so i think mm. i'd like I, you know maybe i'm just being romantic and i'd love to see a return to not oh here's 20 quid go and make a spaceship out of it like the old days but <laughs> less of a reliance on like george had clones it was a bit too much whereas you know something like the force mm. awakens you've got practical you've got vfx and it merges perfectly i'd like to see a return to that and i think streaming there's no reason why they can't do it because the volume is so powerful if anything that opens the door mate for more otherworldly locations now we can finally go to these locations and explore them in greater depth yeah yeah but yeah yeah i'd rather the ask so i'd rather the money go towards creating those places rather than a desert but what, what about you yeah. mate, <laughs> mate? it might be too, yeah. too ott there well i think that i think that the mandalorian i think john favreau i think bryce dallas howard i think dave filoni prove <laughs> that this tech can be used very well. The Batman shows us that, like what you said, yep. buddy. Like it, it, it proves that this is a this is the powerful tool that we're we're saying it is. It proves that it can be executed very oh, well. <laughs> Go on, mate. Go on. Mm. Well, what are you drinking, by the way, mate? Well, you've got I a have hot a coffee drink, today. Oh. Naughty oh, boy. Who loves the original Stormtrooper coffee? It. It's all right. Oh, nice, nice, naughty boy. It's nice, naughty actually. Boy. Yeah, um, yeah, mate. I, I, I think that if people require more training on it, then do that. If people require um, a, a, a kind of a volume expert shadowing them, then do that. Yep. I think that that's where we need to go more with this mixed locations as well volume i think the interior to a lot of places in volume is really good you know you think of yeah, where yeah. they met um the client in season one like yeah. that was all volume and you're sitting there and you think what that's you don't realize that yeah no and and the wrestling um ring in episode <laughs> one of season two which is such yeah. a flaming good episode oh, oh whenever this is the thing with the and even with boba fett even with Boba Fett, I find myself, mate, like, just it's so rewatchable. This stuff is so rewatchable. I'm just like, yeah, let me yeah. just shove that on. That's the key thing, isn't it, though, mate? It doesn't yeah. ruin your experience of watching it. 
this, this is it. true. This this is true. This is true. But I think the Mandalorian is kind of the the epitome of that. You know, it's it's because everything about it is so well done. But but I think that that is because you've got the right resource behind it. And at the end of the day, mate, this is a Lucas film. This is Star Wars. We are we are like we were there. I, I always say <laughs> that. But like it, it, Lucasfilm and Star Wars, it is the industry leader. Yeah. ILM weren't created by Disney. ILM was not created no. by Warner Brothers. ILM was not created by Marvel. It wasn't created by. It was created for Star Wars. Yeah, that is because that technology didn't exist, so they had to create a company to make it. Dude, you got to watch this documentary, man. I can't wait. You got to watch. I can't wait. You you got to watch uh, Light and Magic. Honestly, mate, like it is lit, lad. It's lit, but like. <laughs> I, I think that we, you know, Lucasfilm is that standard, and they need to keep that standard. They need to keep that because um, when I, when I was showing my family from Birmingham, like The Mandalorian, when we were watching that together last year, end of last year, um, ooh, there were constant comments of it looks so good, it looks, it looks so up. good. <laughs> It looks so good. <laughs> we got it in there, Dandelorian. We got it and in the Mandalorian. But like, there, there's just constant comments of "Wow, the vi- the effects." Yeah. The, like, how did I do that? And it's um, we need to keep that. We need to keep that because it's it's synonymous with Star Wars, isn't it? Quality with Star Wars, and that, that's yeah, what it's known for. We need for. to keep it. Mm. We've yeah, got, absolutely. Well, next year. Well, I know the acolyte is using the volume. At some point, Ahsoka, I imagine will do too, but I haven't seen that anywhere, but I've got to imagine it will do. But of course, the Mandalorian season three drops in about six to seven months, apparently. Now, look, we know there's a season three trailer out there. We'll talk about it when it drops officially. But it's I'm interested now to see how big they go with season three. Will they stretch the capabilities of Stagecraft even further when we've got the some of the pioneers like John Favreau working on it and he's kept he likes to keep uh, certain directors on board i know rick family was coming back as well for that i think mm. dallas howard mm-hmm. too carl mm-hmm. weathers is doing an episode so people who have used it before know how to use it they're coming back uh, which is interesting he's you know keeping the sme subject matter experts on board but i but the problem with every season of any show or any film or any uh, trilogy or saga is it generally escalation everything gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger so i'm really interested to see how they use the volume how they utilize it in season 3 of the mando ahsoka and yeah. An- uh, acolyte yeah. sorry are one thing but you know we we we've praised the mandalorian here not all of it is perfect must say in terms of the quality of uh, visuals but for the most no, part it's, it's not. damn good but i'm so interested to see how season three takes the volume now because that's that was the first show to ever use it that pioneered it can it keep up those incredible pioneering standards my head says yeah i think it can do but i'm very 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 looking forward to seeing how well it does next year mate not long to go though but the volume then overall it's you know we've both kind of given our critiques of it whilst being positive I've said I'm very happy to live in a world with the volume because I think it is an amazing, unbelievable bit of technology when it's used correctly, same as the green screens of old and VFX artists now. You give them the money or get the right people on board, you'll get their reward. For you then, yep. mate, I think it's ama- I think I generally think it's an incredible bit of tech, which is only going to get better. What about you, though, mate? Uh, are, you, are you on the same wavelength or are you more cautionary about the future with the volume? Mm-hmm. 
I think it depends on the project. I think, honestly, mm-hmm. it depends on the project. I'm excited for The Mandalorian. I'm really, really excited for that. Um, uh, Acolyte, I'm hoping that a lot of that will be practical and, and, and studio-based. Um, hopefully. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see. But even if they use volume, hopefully, it's going to be like a hybrid of, of, the, of the two. Um, mm-hmm. I think Ahsoka, again, you've got Filoni involved with that and Dave, because that is very, very much part of that universe. So I think that, honestly, I think there's going to be improvements. I hope there's going to be improvements. That's what I'm really hoping for. And um, I think Andor is a step in the right direction, kind of just diversifying it. You know, don't just have it all samey. I'm really looking forward to it, mate. And, and I mean, what a problem to have out of all the exactly. problems. I mean, you know, we're getting so we're getting fed so well. I posted that meme the other day, that girl getting fed all these pancakes because of all the content <laughs> coming out. Like, yeah. you got Rings of Power, House of Dragon, if you're into that. You got like Andor coming, She-Hulk, if you're into that. That's dropping you know, on a Thursday now, by the way, guys. So they're not going to be overlapping with the Wednesday Andor. What's that? She-Hulk? She-Hulk, yes. Disney are saying that's releasing on Thursdays, which oh, makes wow. so much sense to not drop both of your projects on the same day. I know. Thursday, though. I would, I would, I would almost put it on like a Monday or a Friday, but fair enough. Like Each to their own. Mm. Each to their yeah, own. Man. Maybe I think we're in a good place, mate, but there's always room for improvement. That's like the point of the episode today. There's always room for improvement. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Quinn. I played Nine Num in the Star Wars movies, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. There's always room for improvement, there's always a bigger fish, and there's always time oh. for a drinky poos in our favourite dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. So, as it uh, turns out, we are outsider right now. The only question that remains, Master Blywalker, is shall we? Let's do it. Yeah, come on. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? A libation. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Ramsey, give me the spiciest drink you got. Pour me another Parkell and Sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Yes, that's the best. <laughs> That's the best part of the show each week, getting to see Lukey Boy open this set of, they're not pretend, they're real, set of doors, and they are that heavy. Now, it's really good to see him flex those blasters uh, oh, on yeah. screen. So, the bad scene, here we are. Each week, for those new or old to the show, we sit down with you lot, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a few Kef beers, and we get your thoughts on our main discussion. So, recently, we asked for your thoughts on the volume, and you didn't disappoint. No, you did not. We got we got tons of uh, messages on Twitter and Instagram. We got DMs as well with people's opinions. Yes, uh, but we're going to read out a couple of those. Um, my mate Glover, our mate Glover, smother your mother. He says this. He says, if you think about how far motion performance capture tech has come in relatively short space of time, I feel it shows the promise and potential of the volume. 
There will always be issues that need to be overcome to advance the tech, and I strongly believe this is quite possibly the greatest invention in filmmaking since motion capture. Having having said that, it would be wise for them not to rely only on the volume and still make good use of practical film sets too. I mean, Glover has absolutely smashed it with that opening comment. Absolutely smashed it out the park. Um, We love to hear that. Uh, Shawnee Boy, he says, unbelievable piece of technology, but it gets lent on too heavily. I can't wait to see Andor and the big actual sets we know they've used in filming. Um, Liam Collect says, I don't tend to notice it on the first watch through of an episode following the story is a distraction on a rewatch it can feel like seeing how a magician perform their tricks but overall i'd say it's not been an issue for me isn't that funny when people use the same same analogy that we use in the show yeah i'm with him there i don't usually i never notice it on the first time either because i'm invested unless it is like really really glaring yeah yeah same uh, there are there were moments, admittedly. Again, I've not, I've said it a few times. Boba Fett, Kenobi, first yes, time yes. I was like, "Oh, you can tell there, you can tell there." Anyway, uh, you, me, and Star Wars has sent us a cheeky voice message with his Ooh. feelings on it, Matty boy. So let's hear that. Star Wars and Lucasfilm have been at the forefront of technology. Modern filmmaking has been shaped by the technology founded through the creation of Star Wars. Even Pixar came out of Lucasfilm. Much like lots of other new technology introduced, I think it takes time to find the balance to ensure audiences can suspend their disbelief and not be reminded it's not real by the overuse of this technology. It hasn't been a distraction for me, and I don't think the technology has teething issues per se, but its usage may take time to refine. I think it's clear it allows better performances from the actors in the volume versus the huge blue or green sets we've seen some 20 years ago. That much is really obvious to me. Watching interviews with Ewan in particular, he seems to be able to get so much more from these performances than he did during the prequel trilogy. Uh, There we go. I mean, that's a point that we've kind of like forgotten to add to all of this because we've been almost talking about like the business side of it the 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 what we see side of it but the volume does help a lot of actors doesn't it yeah with their you know with with their performances performances and you know but i think that's probably when ewan was talking about that he was comparing it to you know attack of the clones or revenge of the sith (laughs) so (laughs) yes i think Ewan would quite happily work on location 100% 100% of the time because mo- you know some of his best performances have come you know in the kind of like on camera sh- uh, films and shows he's done in recent years but but I think Ewan does absolutely appreciate how far the tech has come to the point where when he's called back for Star Wars he doesn't have to you know sit on a few green blue boxes and pretend he's riding in the open they can or he's in the desert or whatever they can now do that um but that's a good point yeah for actors it's uh, we didn't mention that but it's worth repeating what you mean star wars has said for actors it must be massive because can you imagine sure. Luke, being told in front of you there are seventeen thousand senate pods with lots of aliens <laughs> in it go and imagine that and you first you're like what's this what's a senate point um senate pod, yeah. sorry and what the daily now you can do that now you can visually see an actor pod. Act, senate pod that. sounds a bit like uh star wars sessions mate 
Janet Pod. Um, <laughs> and but it also for, like, helps for like eye lines and stuff like that as well. You get a natural sure. um, uh, prompt as well. So uh, yeah, for actors from that side of it, I can imagine it is like a godsend. It's a massive deal. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a bit of a game changer for the actors, mate. I think it's a bit of a game changer for the actors. So it's worth bearing that in mind as well. And this is why we do the Bantina, man, because there are bits that we might have forgotten about, or just like we get caught up in the conversation. Guys, we could keep going with this main with all of our main topics. Matty Boy could keep going for hours <laughs> talking about yes. this stuff, but we got to cap it somewhere. So thank you for reminding that, uh, reminding us of that. You, me, and Star Wars. Yes, uh, Matty Boy, have we got any other comments from elsewhere on the interwebs? Yeah, boy. Uh, our lo- local boy, huh, Jamie Garwood, next to the aisle, said, regarding the volume, it is a means to an end, but the over-reliance of it has diminished certain returns. The feel of a real location speaks volumes, and I hope Andor shows that. Gordon Brown said it's a superb piece of tech, and I'm sure they'll iron out the imperfections in time. But getting the right balance between the volume green screen and sets is going to be crucial going forward uh ian clark chopper hunters what a name says honestly i haven't noticed any issues with it but then i haven't mm. been looking for any either i've just been enjoying watching the shows and uh, we have one from our boy luke summerfield the king of wales who said it's an incredible achievement for the actors and directors to be able to see the environment that they're in and i'm sure it will get better over time as they make larger volume environments, etc. But nothing will beat being on set locations, and Andor will prove that. So that's a that is a huge point there, Lukey boy. Uh, diabolical evil scheme says it makes things feel less cinematic. And finally, Andrew mm-hmm. Sheard mm-hmm. said, "I think the book of Boba Fett and Kenobi suffered production quality issues due to being filmed under stricter COVID restrictions." However. I find it strange that it was put to such good use in the Mandalorian episode of the Book of Boba Fett. That scene, where it was all one shot, including the lift, was the volume at its best. And yes. that wasn't just the volume at its best. That was that was BDH, Bryce Dallas Howard, at its best too. Yes. Bryce Dallas Howard seemingly can do no wrong, apart from Jurassic World Dominion. Anyway, that is going to uh, wrap up this part of the Bantina. Thank you, everyone, for your comments and voice messages and DMs. We do appreciate all of them. We do read all of them as well. So uh, if you want to get yourself heard on the Bantina in the upcoming weeks, please do continue to send them in, and we'll do what we can to feature your lovely names and your lovely comments. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. That's right. Spice <laughs> is part of the Bandido. Um Familiar name, Sean Hudson. Good of him. Top lad. Um, he asks this Matty Boy says greetings exalted ones my question is very simple who would win who who would who would in a fight between Jessup and Maul who would win between a fight yeah a fight between Jessup and Maul joking kind of with the recent success of the lionesses on the European stage it occurred to me 
other than Sabak gambling on the races in Canto Bight and pod racing, we've not seen or heard of any sports in the galaxy far, far away. What do you think the main sports played on Coruscant would be? And what and what would you name a football team there? Um, Matty boy, I mean, there's a lot to unpack in that question. Um, what are you saying there, mate? Well, firstly, Jessup's taken Maul down. Be fair, Maul doesn't really win many fights, does he? So I think Jessup's got the upper hand on him there already. Um, sports in the GFFA. I remember we had a comment about this last year at some point, And, you know, you have to go back to Legends to find most of the sports played in Star Wars, like Grav Ball and stuff like that. Not really Grab as ball. many. Ball. There's not really so many in canon that, you know, that particularly of any no i mean you know they, they things are getting mentioned here and there a comic or a book but it's usually in passing oh this was on the the hollow net or something that's it no, nothing major um so what would be the biggest one in chorus probably something like lacrosse or like polo on um, on a father or an eop or something something really uh, upper class um so i'm gonna go for yeah, i think the main sport or i think basketball i think coruscant would have a pretty thriving basketball uh, community don't ask me why i just think it would do and right. what would i name a football team there you know, uh, oh man uh, where was where was dex's that was in dex's diner was situated in coco town so we'd have the coco town wanderers or how about oh, yeah. this one off the top of my head the cora saints how about oh that? no how about that oh. yeah, he loves it luke's thrown his headphones down he's left the, he's left the show it's just me now <laughs> Cora Saints. Oh uh, my word. That's what oh. I'm gonna go. What about you though, mate? Who's winning the fight and you know main sport Coruscant? What would the football team be called there? Beat Coruscants. Um well I think Jessup could uh, have more. I yeah. think he could here. Yeah. Especially with like a lager down him. Jessup, lager. <laughs> the ciders, um, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, cider. Um cider. Yeah, so what would the main sport in Coruscant be? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like street racing, you know? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Kind of urban, urban planet, isn't it? So there's just going to, it's just Tokyo Drift, basically. Bam, Actually, bam, if you watch bam, Tokyo bam. Drift and you just kind of like, you know. Squint. Squint your eyes. It's basically. <laughs> They're on Coruscant and they're they're racing speeders. That's it. So don't make me watch it again. Tokyo Drift is a cult classic. Matthew <laughs> Hudson it is the music at least. It's a absolute banger on <laughs> all accounts. All um, right, and what would you name a football team there? Well, I'm assuming that um, th- there's some some sort of galactic league. So, Coruscant, GPL, um, yeah, yeah, GPL, Galactic Premier yeah. League, yeah, 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 big time. Coruscant, um, you might have a few teams, you know, like you said. So you got yeah, Coco yeah. Town, Wanderers. I like that. Um, what's another part of Coruscant? Like the Temple um, District or something, isn't it? Or yeah, the yeah, coming something like that. Yeah, Federal District. That's it. Federal Federal District. Um, Federal District FC, yeah, just keep FDFC. it simple. Yeah, just keep it simple. But um, people call them the Feds. People are up. Oh, well, 
<laughs> Depending on coming. They'll be like, up the feds, up the feds, up the feds. Yeah. Or if it's the other and team, it's... they'll say something markedly different. But um, yeah, hey, can you imagine? You've got to imagine so, like Wimbley, the equivalent would be on Coruscant, surely. You've got to imagine surely there. you'd think that. You'd think that. I mean, it's a really Huge. good question, Sean, you know, because, you know, anything could be right. There is a guy, I'm sure there is a guy I've seen online. It's, I think it's Instagram. And he designs like football kits and football emblems, like logos. Yeah. Um, you've seen it, and he does. I've like, seen it. I can't remember who it is. I apologise. He's like, oh, this is Tatooine United, and this is Endor <laughs> FC, and like this is Naboo <laughs> CF in Villa. Yeah, oh, like it's quality, isn't it? Absolute quality. It is I'm, good. I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. So there we go, Shawnee boy. Um, I'll try and find that guy's name and, and, and link it to you, mate. Yeah, apologies if you're listening and we can't remember who you are, but we'll try and identify you. If you are listening, you tell us who you are. Make it a lot easier for us. But um, yeah. Shawnee boy and the rest of the session is out there. Let us know your answers to those questions. What sports are played in Coruscant? And give us a name for a soccer team that would be played there. So nice one, Shawnee boy. Moving on, we've got Tubular Tommy. And he says this, my friends. Well, he says, my friends, each give me your elevator pitch on a Star Wars horror movie. Stay cool. Uh, we get new, mm. there's, there's a lot of people out there who mention the word Star Wars and horror in the same sentence. Some for, some against, most against. But it is, mm. it's a genre which seems to titillate the senses for a lot of people that they'd like to see. So, mm. Lukey boy, um, what would your pitch be for a Star Wars like, horror theme centric film? I'm not the biggest horror guy, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I like tension and I like, I like that those sort of aspects in cinema that, that, that a genre like horror can bring to the table. You yeah. know, I think the scene we got at the end of Rogue One with Vader was a wee bit cool. horror. You know, that, that yeah. was, de- you know, it wasn't full on horror, but you're never going to have full on horror in Star Wars. It's no. just not a thing. It's not a thing. And it doesn't suit it, to be honest, but you can certainly have elements that is scary um so you could have something related with vader but i, th- I honestly i'm leaning towards something someone a bit like more you know like like more mm. like shorts or something like a series of of more hunting down his enemies and rivals in between that kind of awkward clone wars to rebels era you know yeah. he gets involved with crimson dawn in that scene in solo Maul has such a presence, doesn't he? He has such a presence. He's just one of those characters. So um, there we go, mate. I'd I'd say we're we're, we're on the 10th floor, 12th floor, 30th floor roundabout now. So there you go, tubular. (laughs) There's your your pitch, mate. Matty boy, you are a lot more experienced in kind of like the horror genre and um, your favorite film of the year doctor strange multiverse of madness so why not (laughs) if you've kept your sense of humor intact oh uh why don't you uh uh give us give us give us your thoughts on this uh cracking little question from tommy here well it's a great question but i mean mine's going to bounce off what you said at the beginning is that horror as a genre i think gets a bad not a bad rap that's wrong gets a misunderstood rappers i think most people think of it as the slasher and blood and guts and gore when actually horror in, in its 
purest form is the psychological. It's what you can't see, which provides the provides the scares, or it's um, you know there's, there are many subgenres of horror to dive into. So it wouldn't necessarily need to be you know somebody cutting someone's head off or you know pulling their entrails out or anything stupid like that. But I think what we got in something like Jedi Fallen Order would work for me, and it would, the, the elevated pitch would be you know youngling escaping Order sixty six. I remember playing that for the first time as his child as young Cal is trying to get off the ship when Order 66 oh, is enacted and you've just got clones shooting at him the ship's blowing up around him and you, then you've obviously got a, the the need to survive afterwards but he's also got to share a escape pod with his dead master I think there could be a really cool horror esque film out of that without necessarily delving into showing too much it's more about the psychological state of it or what's around the corner or Oh man, I don't know if I get on this ship. Could could you know if I go this way? Could this be the end or end or end or what? So there, there are oh. I think there are cool ways to <laughs> use the subgenres of the main genre to do some cool stories. Um, I mean, just look yeah. at Vader in in Op One when he's snapping people's necks. That's that's brutal. You know that was borderline for Star Wars. That was, but you know that was built from the presence of Darth Vader. So sometimes it's just the the presence, like you mentioned at the end of Rogue One. Doesn't it? it doesn't have to be grotesque and disgusting it's the presence of what it makes you feel is horror if it makes you feel something it's done its job and the best horror films in any subgenre will do that if they can elicit something good bad scary sad whatever it's done its job so i think star wars can dabble in it but not in this not in the kind of halloween michael myers or freddy krueger kind of horror that's not anything relative to star wars but psychological i think they could go that way mate but um, it's a good question, though, Tommy, mate. What mm. about what about you, Tommy? Give us your elevator pitch, and everybody out there as well. You know, give us your elevator pitch. You know, you can make it as whatever subgenre you want, or you can make it the Michael Myers slash if you want. But you know, we'd love to hear your elevator pitches for this question. So thank you very much for sending those in, lads. We'll be back next week with another batch of Patreon questions. They're going to be as filthy as ever. We know that. However, drinks are finished, bartender. Sorry about the mess, but we're going to be back again. Same time next week here in the Bantina. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game. Yes, that is right. It is the end of the show, and to celebrate the end of the show, we always do a game. And this week is my turn to host. Matty Boy, are you ready to play the game? It's all about the game and how you play it, and I'm ready. Matty Boy, you work for Lucasfilm. You work for Lucasfilm. You are a producer, and you are being told by a parent company that shall go nameless have requested quite a few series all shot on the volume okay yeah and a bit like what tommy said we're gonna dive into some different genres mate we're gonna dive into some different genres you're gonna have okay you're gonna have 20 seconds on each category to give me an elevator pitch for <laughs> a genre, and I'm going to throw some characters at you. 
for a Disney okay. Plus Star Wars show. So you give How me the genre that? and the characters, is that correct? I give you the genre and the characters, correct. Okay. Oh, and then you hopefully to, I can do you proud. You have to conjure up kind of everything else. How does that sound, okay. mate? Uh, so got my stopwatch ready. There we go. Classic right. stopwatch. I will, I will either fall on the saber or walk out victorious. I think I know which one it will be, though. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, all right, there we go. I'm just finishing off my notes on that bit. Okay, right. My <laughs> notes are ready. My notes are ready. Uh, are you ready, Matty boy? I'm ready. Okay, first one is I'm gonna I'm gonna press the the the, the stopwatch once I've finished the the, the kind of okay. what you have to work with. Okay, so it's a yep. rom com. It's a rom com. Yeah, with and you have got 20 seconds on this. It's rom com with Kylo, Ray, Finn, and Rose. Go. Rum con with Kylo, Ray, Finn, and Rose. Uh, it's going to obviously it's going to be set on a volume. We're going to set it on uh, a very. Uh, it's going to be on a planet with like love pheromones that come off the plants. But Ray, uh, <laughs> Kylo, and Finn use the force to you know push them off because you've got Ray and Kylo are trying to you know they're trying to they're trying to get together, but it's like the odd couple. Ray, Finn and Rose, you know they're you know Finn at the same time is face. Ah, oh, but say Finn's trying to get Ray, but you know at the same time Rose fancies Finn. Oh. Will they? Won't they? Love the pheromones. <laughs> the first thing is is set on a planet where the plants are giving off pheromones. That's so good. That's so original. Uh, right. Well, we love it. Well done, mate. I'm going to reset the stopwatch. Um, uh, the audience at home, you rate this for us. You let us know how Matty Boy's doing. Yeah, action, an yep. action series with <laughs> a young, oiled-up grief cargo. By the way, I've um, my wife forced me to start watching Rocky the other day, and grief cargo's in it, isn't he? He is a keeper. Yes, he's Apollo Creed. Yeah. Apollo Creed. Yeah, amazing. Like amazing. The Rocky films are incredible. They're the, fun, the, aren't they? They're fun. The audio is ropey, and sometimes <laughs> I have no idea what my guy is saying. Like Rocky, oh, I, oh, I, oh, I, do, oh. I don't know what on earth he's talking about sometimes. But it's, Adrian, Adrian, it's I love good the fun. Rocky films, man. I, have, I love them. They're, they're inspirational and cheesy and daft, but love it. They entertain me. I love a good sports underdog film, but um, there we go. We love it. Who was it? Grief cargo, oiled up grief cargo. A young, a young, oiled up, young. a young, oiled up grief cargo, and a general grievous. Oh, mate. Right. Okay. It's going to so, be so, so dwell on it. Okay. I'm going to press the stopwatch now. Right. It's going to be set on a jungle planet. Uh, it's going to be a lot like the film <laughs> Predator, where it's going to be, except rather than Arnie <laughs> is Dutch, you're going to have Carl Weathers all oiled up and, and he's being hunted <laughs> by general grief same time uh greece hunting grievous as well so we're gonna have a predator type situation on a jungle planet with lots of oil that is bang not only is that bang on 20 seconds that is <laughs> that's not a bad pitch mate yes come on oh, grievous needs not- oil for his like mechanics as well so be oil v oil <laughs> that is that is a really that's oh. a good that is a good pitch, mate. I'm very impressed with that. Well done. This is well, fun, well done. Good, good okay. job. Good job. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. And you got that like bang on 20 seconds. Impressive. That's good. Uh, right. Your next one is a comedy. It's a comedy. Oh. Okay. Yep. It's a comedy. 
with Pop-Up Alps and Supreme Leader Snoke or whatever. One of the Snokes? I don't... Yeah. Just a, a Snoke. Use your imagination. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Come up with your idea. And we are going to press start in now. Um, set on Coruscant. We know that he's been every voice you've heard inside your head. So basically, it's Papa Pouts. He sends his Snokes out into Coruscant, and basically, they're just like impractical jokers. He sends them out, and he's like, go into that cafe, mate, and uh, and say, say this and do this to the person working there. So basically, they're jokers. He sends different Snokes out to have a laugh, to do silly things, uh, and make pratfalls in front of all of the customers. But because yeah. they're, because they're yeah. different Snokes, they can't say no. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have the 30 second elevator pitch that one he was going to the top four for that one yeah, yeah mate not bad not bad I, I'm still leaning toward the oiled up grief cargo oh, that, that, is a good one, yeah. that is flipping good who wouldn't by the way down? by the way Prey the the, the, the Predator film uh, Prey yes. coming to Disney Plus like I, I think that looks really good are you excited for that well I can say because of the date we're recording is it is pretty good. Oh no! You can't spell pretty without prey, so it's pretty oh. good. It's very oh, well good. Done. I enjoyed it. Well, well done, yeah. mate, boy. Good. I for you, enjoyed buddy. it. Character. It's why, why did I enjoy it again? Embargo, but character. It's not just action. It's character. Good man. Good uh, man. Well done, mate. I will chat to you more about that off air. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, he won't. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Uh, right. Next right. one. Next one and final one, my man. It's a wee bit different. Wee bit different. Okay. It's okay. a teen drama series. A teen <laughs> drama series. You remember the Clone Wars um, <laughs> just in general? Yeah, I remember you those were there, right? Really good day, were you? Yeah. Yeah. You were there, right? I was uh, there for the Clone Wars. Clone Wars, um, you know, there's that younglings arc where they go to the Ilum. flipping ice planet. Yeah. What's it Ilum, called again? It became Starkiller Base. Ilum. Yeah, Ilum. They go to Ilum and they get their lightsaber kyber crystals. It's a really lame arc. I can't stand it. <laughs> Loogie Boy don't like it. I know, I know some people, they love it. They absolutely love this. And, mate, whenever I come across that on Clone Wars, I'm like, nah, skip. Skip, I can't have it. <laughs> can't be dealing one, with or it. The, or the droid arc, D-Squad. I'm still saying. that little frog fella. I, I mean, that was Me weird. Because Matty Boy came round and we watched that a few months ago. Yes. Do you remember? Sunny Day in the Void, that's right. That was so weird. We watched it before we did commentary, yeah. I think. We did it yeah. before we did the Solo. Solo, a Star Wars story commentary. Yeah. Yes, I remember. We need to do I a new that, hope one soon or something. That set us up for the weirdness a wee bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, it did, it, it did. But um, yeah, I remember that arc. I remember that. You arc. remember that? Okay, so it's teen drama, and it's focusing on those Clone Wars younglings that are now teenagers. Okay, okay. some yep. of them might be dead, so <laughs> feel free to feel free to use some of that in your material. Right, I'm going to be pressing the button in three, two, one, go. Twenty. Uh, it's set on. It's set on a university planet where the whole planet is a university, <laughs> and they've got they, they want they want to graduate, but um, the Wookiee youngling he died, he got run over by a speeder, uh, so they're doing it for his honour, but that's stopping them from getting their studies done. Now, can they get their studies done? Will the Kyber crystals aid them? Can the Force get them to get their get, get them to graduate? Find out more on Younglings University. 
<laughs> a university planet. This sounded more and more like Monsters Inc. than yeah, Star Wars. It was very Monsters Inc. Like Mark Wazowski. So the work that these kids didn't get mowed down in Order Sixty Six. No, no they, they yeah they managed the to survive, them, but then the Wookiee got ripped by a car basically. Which isn't actually funny to say out loud. <laughs> the Wookiee got hit by a car. I can't remember Don't his name, guys. Are, he's he's going to be in the Bad Patch as well, and people are very excited to see him in the Bad Patch. Oh yeah, I can't remember his name broken now. Broken cannon, guys. Yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry. He gets hit after that. I still think that action, young buff, <laughs> oiled up Groove Cargo, basically <laughs> Groove Cargo from Rocky. Yeah, just Rocky. <laughs> Versus Grievous, like, come on. How cool is that? Come on. Come, come on. That's very yeah. cool. I'm up for Incredible. that. I'm up for that. Yeah, do it, mate. Pitch it to uh, LFL, mate. LFL Limited. Um, on, that, is it. It. that is this week's Goom. Goom. Good job, my friend. That was a very uh, testing, but very creative game. Uh, the escalation of games, let alone the volume, is getting better and better. I don't know how mm. I'm on this show, as you know. I'm talking to you right now, and I'm in your ears, everyone. I don't know how we managed to come up with something new each week without too much <laughs> overlap. So, good job, my friend. There we go, mate. Well, we love it, don't we? We love it. Obviously, some inspo from the volume and tubular Tommy. So, thank you so Tommy. much, Tom. Yes, yeah. nice one, big boy. Nice one, volume. Thanks, Lucasfilm, for giving us something to talk about again this week for episode 171 of Star Wars Sessions. But that is that for this episode. The fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, just anywhere on social media. Well, most places on social media. Just search for us, Star Wars Sessions. We'll be there. Uh, drop us a voice note or a message to our email. Hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. And uh, we also got a Discord guy, a free di- guy, not guys. Hey, guy. Not a Discord guy. Discord guy. <laughs> We've got a Discord guys, comma, guys. Okay. Right. It's free. It's like a huge group chat. It's great fun. We all love it. Um, if you want to join, just DM us, drop us a message, be like, oh, can, can I join the Discord, please? And uh, if, if, you, if, you, if you meet expectation, if you're not a <laughs> horrible man, then you can join. Or woman. Or woman. Or Gundark, whatever. Like, you can join. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Do it. Send us a nice message and we'll get you in for the sickheads. It's a way of supporting our show for free. Another way of doing that for free, mate, is by leaving us a five-star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice. Five stars only, please. That helps the show grow. Mm-hmm. It gets new listeners in. It bumps us up the algorithm. And it's another way to hear from more of you each and every week. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your nearest Gundark, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin. The more the merrier, and the castle spicier. Yes, tell Luke Bly, who might have to wear a Greg's basketball vest at some point soon, that this is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you always. Luke! Luke! Ah. Listen, check this one out. The, the, 
Tolium. <laughs> so I'll allow it, Coruscants. <laughs> Essex-based podcast heroes... He told me enough! He told me you killed him. What?